Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. everybody to another episode of Bubba the Bloom, episode 106, continuing our previews, positional previews for the 2024 fantasy baseball season. Tonight, starting pitcher part two, trying to go probably 21 through 40 in the ADP, maybe 50 if we're feeling frisky. We'll see because you guys brought the listener questions again, which are absolutely outstanding. That's all that matters to us in the end. So we'll get as far as we can on the list and then you guys take over the end game of the show. But before we do that, you can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are you doing, my friend? Good man. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to check with our uh podcast historian. I think like 15, 16 listener questions. That may be a record. We'll I think see. so. Uh we'll we'll follow up with our with our staff on that one. Um doing great, man. Yeah, a lot to cover. So like I say we just kind of Freaking get to it. Yep. Don't know a whole lot else. Just if you want any info on the listener league, last people need to sign up. Otherwise, we'll have openings. But everyone's got the info. Should be rocking and rolling. More on that to come. Let's go. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, we left off at ADP 20. So we kick off at 21 with one Kodai Singa coming in with an ADP of 65. First year uh, over from Japan. Started off a little rocky, but finished strong. 166 innings, 298 ERA. The walks got better as the season went on, and strikeouts were outstanding. 202 Ks in 166 innings is uh, electric stuff. That ghost fork and you know the glove he has for the ghost fork is pretty awesome too. But um, I'm a huge Singa fan. We talked about him on some other shows already. Uh, what's your thoughts on Kota Singa? Yeah, you mentioned the uh, kind of the in-season walk rate improvement. I think if you're drafting Singa here, <clears throat> that's your hope at a 65 ADP. I, I, I'm still like, I don't think Senga's out of the woods with, with the walk rate stuff. Uh, one of the, and I, I, I mentioned this all the time, but um, the key metric I look at to, to kind of, I don't know, indicate walk rate is, is ball percentage. We've used it as the, at HQ forever league average is like 36% real good indicator for control. And uh, even in the second half, like even as the season went on, Senga was at like 39 or 40% ball rate, which is, which is bad, which is wild. A wild, like not crazy, like wild as in can't hit water from the boat. So um, that's that's my only thing. That ghost fork pitch is it's a little bit of a double edged sword. Like it gets a 27 percent swinging strike rate. Like that's how Senga gets all of his strikeouts. But like he does not throw it for strikes. So it's just going to be interesting, especially year two in the league how hitters adjust to that um that that's it, it gets him his case but it also gets him those walks so um i'm lukewarm on on senga at the price i think for me it would be like if i took a kirby george kirby logan webb zach eflin as an sp1 maybe i pair him with senga um 
Blake Snell's all for our far sheet. I forget Snell's ADP, but I don't think it's too much earlier than this. So I'd prefer Snell to Senga, but uh, I could see Senga doing, I could see myself taking Senga in that case. But outside of that, I, I don't know. I, I like like the next four or five names going, going after Senga more than him. Yeah, where I like Singa, and if you're looking for uh, Blake Snell's ADP, he is the 28th pitcher off the board at 64. So, yeah. Oh, they're uh, right next to each other. Yeah, they? pretty much right next to each other, right on 65. So it goes Grayson, Snell, Kodai. So Snell is one of the last guys we talked about last week. Um, yeah, I like Kodai. I don't have a, as much as I thought I would, um, but I would take him over Snell. I say that much. Where I really like Kodai Singa is if you don't maybe get one of like those – top seven or maybe it's the back end of those seven we talked about last week is their sp ones and then you pair sing and a strikeout upside with somebody else close by like that that's a move i like quite a bit as uh, just to get him with another maybe heavy strikeout guy pair them together leaves you a lot of wiggle room as the draft board goes on and that that's something i like a ton so and there is from a i I guess i didn't harp on this and enough but like we're we're looking at the atc projections here there is something to be said for the uh pretty massive boost in projected case for Senga 197 the only one projected for more is dylan cease going later and he's got he's got problems of his own so um there is a there is a pretty n- nice cushion with strikeouts so i don't know yep most definitely uh next pitcher off the board here at adp 74 is bobby miller of the los angeles dodgers a team that after doing their team preview is going to need Bobby Miller to throw innings. And if you do AAA major league innings combined, he threw about 130, almost 139 innings last year. So you're hoping for maybe 160 out of Bobby Miller. There's a lot of smart people that are very high on him. I struggle with some of these, but I do see the upside on Bobby Miller. It sounds like you might be a little interested in Bobby Miller. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like him more than Senga. I think, I mean, there is the, <laughs> there is a scenario where Bobby Miller just absolutely goes off given the prospect pedigree that, that the team context is fantastic. And he got, he got much better as the season went on a lot more whiffs later on in the year, a lot more just general in the strikes uh, with Bobby Miller. He's got four pitches that get double digit whiffs, which is pretty rare. So he's got like a, he's got a wide enough arsenal that can get lefties and righties out. Like I, I like all that. Um, I'm a little worried too about the innings. I'm a little bit worried too about the innings. I, I put a tweet out, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and I pulled it back up, but in like, we look at, we look at fastball velocity as like, Oh, Bobby Miller has, I think he averaged 99 flat on his four seam last year. Like that's elite velocity and he missed bats with the fastball. I don't know long-term like for season long fantasy, if that's such a great thing because nobody really holds up over a full season with that high of velocity. So in the last 10 plus years, I only look back 10 years, but I would imagine it's a lot longer because nobody threw this hard back then. Um, there's only been three pitchers in baseball in the last 10 years with a 98 mile an hour fastball and a hundred plus innings in a season. It's Hunter green. He did it. He's done it the last two years. It's Spencer Strider in 2022. And it was Bobby Miller last year. Nobody in the last 10 years, has thrown more than 135 innings with a fastball velocity over 98 miles an hour. So that's the one thing with Bobby Miller where I'm like, what, uh, what does, what does this look like in the second half? And, or I'm sure the Dodgers know this. I mean, that's not what I said is nothing like truly groundbreaking. Uh, Will the Dodgers continue to slow play all of their stable of starters? And so, so yeah, the, the innings for me with Bobby Miller is, 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 is tough. 
that said, like the the perennial talent is is amazing, and he was really really good as the season went on last year. Yeah, I've been very very impressed. The more I looked into him since, like you know, Brendan Tuma has been all in on Bobby Miller for a while. I've seen a bunch of his tweets. He wrote a great article about him and other people have as well. And it kind of just opened my eyes to um, the upside that he brings to the table. So it's pretty strong. I don't really have any shares though, because this next gentleman is one of my most rostered pitchers this season, which is yeah. probably not the smartest thing to put your chips in. Well, let's be fair. I have a lot of leagues. So when I say most rostered, even 50% sounds like <laughs> a lot. Um, so it's not like all in one basket, but Jesus Lazardo is a guy I like a lot this year. I mean, you've all, you've you've drafted him 18 times. It sounds like a lot, but given your uh, your 52 leagues you've drafted so yeah. far in I February, I know Zach eight, Waxman, but I'm trying. I'm really it's, trying. It's actually a small percentage. Yeah, exactly. See, so Jesus Lazardo, ADP of 79. I, I'm in. Uh, I'm in on Lazardo. We saw 178 and two thirds last year. 32 starts. Loved that. Three five eight ERA. Um, the strikeout rate was great. K to walk over 20% for the second straight season. Uh, we saw a pitch mix change. We saw the velocity stick around till the end of the season. A lot of things I wanted to see for a guy that hasn't had the durability. That's kind of one of the, the downsides to Lazardo. And sure, he's only done it once. So it's not like he's done it a ton, but he's done it once. So he's proven he can do it. And that's a big plus. I know you wrote about him in a recent speculator article that uh, was, was pretty promising as well. So I love Lazardo. I, I, if I can get him as an SP2, uh, I'm a big fan. That's kind of. One of my things, if I can like get like around three, uh, one of the top seven we talked about, and then pair him with Lazardo later on, I'm pretty pumped on that start. Yeah, Lazardo kind of checked every single box last year for me. Um, and I kind of went through this in my speculator article for HQ, um, but dove a little bit more into the pitch mix change. And basically, Lazardo ditched his sinker, which had a 4% swinging strike rate, which is like terrible uh for his four steamer which was 10 percent. so we got a lot more whiffs with the fastball last year and it just paired so well he's lizardo has a slider and changeup. he's one of just four pitchers in baseball last season to have a pair of pitches at uh, over 18 percent swinging strike which is which which is a ton of whiffs so all that to say the strikeout upside is is very safe um and he's doing it with better control. Walk rate the last three years, 11%, down to 9%, down to 7%. So it's better than league average uh, last year. And you mentioned the innings. like That that was the final kind of checkbox for Jesus Lazardo. 179 innings last year. And finish strong. I mean, I say we say that every episode, but finish strong in terms of skills, but also velocity. The velocity held in that 179 innings. So you think like big bump, did he kind of slow down in September? Not really. So, um, yeah, like I, I really like Jesus Lazardo. Um, and, and in general at a macro, like I really like a lot of these guys going right yeah. here. So this is definitely a place I want to get my, my SB two. Um, or maybe even if I wait on pitchers, go one and two here. Go bang, um, bang. Yep. Yep. Double tap them after you've loaded up on bats. I don't know. It and honestly, like we could do a little strategy real quick here. Like in the 15, I don't know how good I feel about that. In a 12, I'm all aboard that train just because of the volatility in a 12, um, the replacement value in a 12. Like you're not going to replace Spencer Strider, of course, but uh, we're not talking Strider. We're probably saying, okay, do I take Pablo Lopez or do I take another bat and then like double tap here? Like that's kind of the, the question. And you can see an argument where say you win Bobby Miller, Lazardo, you win Lazardo, Joe Ryan, you win Lazardo, Kyle Bradish, or something in this mix. Yep you wouldn't be shocked if these two guys outperformed like Pablo, like they have the pedigree to do it. I'm not, 
I'm not saying they will because Pablo's going to win the Cy Young. We know that, Ryan. But well, I'm yeah. Just, I mean, I mean, good, good theory, bad example. Yeah. Okay. Play. Zach no, Gallon. No. If you decide to take Zach Gallon, you go to these guys. It was like the. <laughs> my point is proven, but uh, you, you can go something like that. And a twelve is a lot more viability to that. I think. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I I have not played many twelves, and I'm, that's my resolution yeah. in March this year. So. Like, honestly, you could double tap here, and then when we get to, like, that, uh, say, even 30 through 50-ish or 35 through 50, get at least one or two more. They're, like, go heavy in this range. You could uh, load up your staff and, and be feeling pretty good about life. Um, next up is Yuri Perez, another one that's got some questions, I guess, but in the end, not too shabby at 80 80p so far this season. Last year, between minors and the bigs, through about 128 innings. Ratios were great. Strikeouts were great. Had that weird stop in the middle of the year to quote unquote rest, yet still pitched every fifth or sixth day in the minors. Not sure why, but um, there's high expectations for Yuri this year. I just, you know, 128 innings last year. Does that mean we get 150, 160? If that's the case, could pay off pretty well. And I think, and I, and this kind of goes with Bobby Miller too. If you can get 150, 160 from these guys, I, I think they're good, especially Yuri Perez. I actually like yeah. Yuri Perez a little more than Bobby Miller. Um, I think if you get 150, 160 out of Perez this year, the projection is only 134. I think I'd take the over on that. But, yeah. um, but the per inning, like dominance, what we think that should be, uh, is really nice. And I mean, this has been said the last couple of years, pitchers don't pitch as long any, pitchers don't, throw as many innings anymore anyway. So like 150, 160 is not that far off from like your top 15 starting pitchers in terms of innings pitched in a, in a season. So um, Yuri Perez is one of, uh, you tell I did some prep for this one, man. He's in a uh, category with Tyler Glass now and Blake Snell. Um, he's got two pitches with a 20% swinging strike rate. Um, and Glassnow and Snell are the only ones to be able to do that last year. It's slider and curveball for Yuri Perez. Um, just just elite, elite stuff. And he's doing it with a uh, pretty good walk rate. And I just think like I think sky's the limit for him. There's there's I mean, the two things I'll throw in, he's got a high fly ball rate, so there could be some homer problems. Uh, but fly ball rates are double-edged swords as well. Like if once you get like 50 55 percent which is where yuri perez is like that's actually really good for his whip um just most fly balls if they're not home runs they get caught and uh yuri perez did end the season hurt he had like a hip injury i'm not too concerned about it but i just want to kind of see him in spring just to make sure uh just something i'm kind of looking at from afar but i think yuri perez is like would not be surprised i may we probably have a listener question on like who could be a top 10 out of this group Yep. He'd be right up there for me. Yep. Uh, I don't disagree with any of that. I remember I took Yuri Perez in our way too early draft as uh You did like, like the fourth or fifth round on the four or five turn, I think it was. So you did next next to Max Scherzer. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. The the Scherzer the Perez one I'm not regretting. The Scherzer one, yeah, that one's a little not, not where I was hoping it would be at that point in time. He was still pitching regularly at, at that mm -hmm. point of the draft, folks. <laughs> so remember we did this really early. Um, the final person, a uh, pitcher in this 21 through 25 range is Joe Ryan, ADP of 85. And he's a fun one because most people are on board, but there's some people that still don't like Joe Ryan, and I can't figure out why. Uh, 161 innings last year. Strikeout rate was great. Walk went down from 2022. Ratios were a little inflated. I'll let you have the floor on that because you mentioned it in your speculator. It's kind of been a thing with him forever. It's just been one of those things that you kind of live and die with it at times. 
But I love Joe Ryan. I think there's a lot to like here. I think we like most a lot a good chunk of this Minnesota rotation. I think it's fair to say, just like last year. So I, Joe Ryan could take another step from last year. It feels like because he made big strides last year, and those like we talked about Lazardo did his thing. Like all these guys could all take strides. That's what's kind of fun about this range. We saw them all uh, improve into like pretty close to like not aces, but close to it. They all could take a jump to like that SP one at least on their team. Maybe not in fans, but at least on their team, which is a big thing. So I like Joe Ryan. But what do you have on him? I think even fantasy, Joe Ryan, Yuri Perez, Lazardo, Bobby Miller, maybe Senga could ascend to that, uh, which is why I think we like this this group so much. Um, Joe Ryan's like a, I don't know, like a K to walk king. Just gets so many whiffs, throws so many strikes. Um, he had a six ERA in the second half last year, and it was pretty much all home run induced. The dude had it like, a, I think it was 21% homer to fly ball rate. Which is like I'm I'm gonna say unlucky. Um, your league average homer to fly ball is like twelve percent, and and we've shown that kind of year to year that 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 fluctuates back to league average. So I think if 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 the homer problem subsides, if that just regresses closer to league average, Joe Ryan uh, could very well be an elite pitcher, um, elite last name, an elite elite four seam fastball as well. He was on my. Uh, four seam fastball whiff list that I posted the other day. I think the fourth highest in all of baseball. So he's got all the goods, man. Yep. All the goods apparently. So yeah, he's got that going for him, but yeah, I'm a fan, big fan of Joe Ryan. If like he gets any regression on that home run, right? Like he could be just yes. destroying people. So yeah, big, big, big fan there. Let's go 26 through 30. Now another couple fun ones here. Uh, Kyle Bradish, like, depending on when we talk next about pitchers, he might be in the 21 through 25. Like it wouldn't shock me if he starts flipping around here. His ADP is 90, had an amazing season for the Baltimore Orioles, 283 ERA uh, strikeout rate. Not, I not like elite elite, but got better as the season went on because he had a massive pitch mix change, which was great for Kyle Bradish. And if like um, you look at, like it's like the last year and a half or whatever, like last 40 something, 45 starts. I've seen a bunch of tweets on it. His numbers are just insane once he started making tweaks even two years ago. So yeah, this he guy was really is really good. Yeah, the he, second half of 22, yeah. a, I think. He's a new pitcher. It wasn't just kind of a fluky one. Like he's been to, continuing to improve, is the point I'm trying to make. And that that's something that you can I feel more comfortable carrying it in because I didn't buy into it last year in draft season. I'm in now. So I like Bradish. What are your thoughts on him? I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on Bradish. I, I at the price, I'm probably not taking him. Like I like I like the every everyone we've talked about so far, um, quite a bit better than Bradish. I don't know how you feel, man, but like I feel like Bradish is like the safer play, but doesn't have that ceiling that like mm-hmm. a that a Yuri Perez, Joe Ryan, uh, Lazardo type has. The reason I say that he just doesn't get many whiffs. Like the swinging strike rate is league average. The walk rate is average. Um, the the one thing that I mean, the thing I'll give Bradish. You mentioned the pitch pitch mix change, Bubba. He went from a he did he did the opposite of Lazardo. He went from a four seamer to a sinker, and what that did was uh, a lot more ground balls. So Bradish had a forty nine percent ground ball rate last year, fifty three percent in the second half, and then he also threw it for a ton of strikes as well. So like. I think some of the games we saw on walk rate with Bradish were, are, are legit. So I, th- I think he's safe. I think he's fine here. I just don't think there's like another level to him. Could be wrong, but like I don't you, see that like that huge jump coming. 
you don't see the first half, second half increase from like a 23 to a 27% K rate worth uh, like making him that next level type guy? No, not really. I mean, for me, the whiff, the, the whiff rate stayed basically the same and was below average. So, okay. No, I'm not buying the not buying the 27% strike. I think I've got him projected for the hell do I have him? 25% is what I've manually entered in my little thing here. So I don't know. All right. Sounds like a plan. Now these next few guys are uh, are gonna be fun. Joe Musgrove, ADP of 100 right now. Only through 97 innings last year. He had the uh, toe injury that slowed him down to start the season, came back, looked For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. (laughs) But when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy. Thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step Clumping Cat Litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it. And now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Good. Still looked good, but velocity kept coming down. Said he had an elbow issue, kept pitching through it, and finally stopped pitching through it. And um, he says he's fine to start the season. I'm terrified of all of that. I love Joe Musgrove when he's on the mound. He's a professional pitcher. He's great. I just can't put an ADP of 100 on him right now. I'm shocked the price is this high. Yeah, I, I was thinking at least 160 or something. That's, yeah. And like, and like maybe I take a shot then? Yeah, I would. But not at a hundred when you could have. I mean, we'll talk about Justin Steele, Bybee coming up. Um, it's just too much risk for me. It's easy for me to sit here and say, "Oh, I just want to wait until spring training and see how he looks." Well, then his ADP is not going to be a hundred. Joe Musgrove is going to be, you know, a, you know, you have to top seventy-five pick. And even if he looks okay in spring, I just the way he ended the season hurt with a shoulder injury on the IL. Like, even though he's pitching really well, you said like the velocity was kind of going down, but the skills were very yeah, strong for Musgrove. Yeah. yeah. Um, even, even right up until the injury. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I can't do it. If this is my SP two or SP three, it's just yeah. a little bit too much risk in the, in the top 100. I'm, I'm surprised the price is this high. 
Yeah, because like we'll talk about these pitchers later, but if we're saying 160, that means he's like Merrill Kelly, Mitch Keller, Gavin Williams. Okay, Jose Barrios. That's a conversation. Like that's that's mm-hmm. disgusting. But this 100, when you can go with those six guys we just talked about, or you go to Justin Steele at ADP 104, who yep. I've been all in on Steele for at least a year and a half or so now. Like I've been on this train, and last year he just shut up some naysayers. 173 innings pitched. ERA of 306, and that kind of went up after his last few starts in the season were not as ideal as you'd, as you'd hope for, near 20% K to walk. This guy just kept improving. He's been improving year after year, and uh, I don't see any signs of slowing down, really. So I'm, I'm a big Justin Steele fan. If you want to – like, does he have – maybe that was his ceiling last year, if you want to go that argument. That's probably maybe fair, but I still think he's a heck of a pitcher that looks like he's not going to, like, destroy you is what it comes down to. Yeah, like I don't think he'll, I don't think Steele will do a three hundred six ERA again. Uh, but I, I've got him for like three forty ERA with like a one twenty totally whip. Fine. I mean, that's 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 good. Um, you mentioned September. Steele did fall apart. You want to notice? Kato Walk was September is twenty five percent. It was better than his full season, but he that's, was giving up runs everywhere. That's amazing. Justin Steele was actually, and the one of the one of the reasons why I was on Justin Steele last year, he was one of the biggest gainers in K to walk from first to second half, and it came with a pitch mix change. Uh, Justin Steele's again last season one of the biggest gainers in K to walk from first to second half. Now the pitch mix change because he didn't really need to because it was working. Yeah. So um, I think Justin Steele is is like I think I think the market's expecting more regression than I am, and I think he's a pretty safe buy, especially mm-hmm. compared to Joe Musgrove. Like yeah. uh, I, I I really like Justin Steele at this price. And Dylan Cease going right after him, like that's a whole like what are we doing here? Steele kind of stands out in this range, honestly. So mm-hmm. I'm with you there. Now the one I've been waiting for. You got hey folks, if you remember last episode, this was kind of built up, dude. I know. I even got a text. I was in meetings today. I don't do a lot of those. I'm usually working from home or in my truck. I was actually in meetings today, and I get text message from Ryan about, hey, I read your Tanner Bybee article. We're, we're going to have fun tonight, basically. That's the gist of it. Of ready for battle. Out. Yeah, ready for battle. There you go. So Tanner Bybee, ADP of 107. I'll let you have the floor first. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm waving the white flag, man. <laughs> no battle. He looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he did. He looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I read your article. It was also pretty good. Um, <laughs> so some of the gist of, of what your article was saying was Bybee. So that the, and, and I don't want to overstate first half, second half too much, but like for rookies, I think it's important. Yeah. Um, that's why we talked about it with Bobby Miller and, and Yuri Go Perez Senga even. and Senga. Exactly. Yeah. For, uh, for first timers, I, I do think it matters how you adjust, uh, both adjust to just major league in general, but also from like an arsenal standpoint against hitters. Once there's a book out on you, how are you adjusting in that second half? Um, and Bybee checked a ton of boxes. And you mentioned there's even a potential further kind of avenue for growth with two of his pitches. I forget which ones. Slider, slider and I believe else. it was his chain curveball. I mean, I got it right here. I got the I got it up. So it was a slider for sure and his changeup. Changeup's like his if you use the PLV model, average is 5, changeup's 512, slider's 536. The slider's like el- almost elite. Like it's very good. And he he threw him like I don't know. He threw him a threw him a good number of the time, but 
you're saying kind of if he leaned into that a little bit more, uh, Bobby could even. What it, what his problem what his problem was is what the part I didn't like. Let me. The fastball is not that great. That's a no. big problem for me. He, he doesn't throw horrific. for strikes that often. Uh, he he has to kind of pitch backwards, and that's probably what you're saying. I don't want to talk for yeah. you, but like, no, but like he's throwing a bad fastball almost half the time when he's got a slider and changeup that are that are pretty damn good. Um, yeah, if he just like kind of flips that usage. Like his flat, his fastball is close to like a forty-seven percent usage, while his sliders around you know twenty-seven. His changeups around eighteen, and he throws a little bit of a curveball out there, like literally just up the slider in the change like five percent each and take ten percent off the fastball that would do a number you could do even more i'd love to see even more slider and change up usage but just a minor tweak i think would go a long ways in that production there is somewhat of a diminishing return um i think yeah you can't just say like and i'm not you you didn't say this but you can't just say oh i'm gonna throw my slider 60 percent of the time it's not gonna be as effective if you throw it more but uh yeah just the given the amount that he throws that four seamer and cleveland knows this i was like cleveland's very good with pitchers with mediocre fastballs and making yeah exactly they have a track that organization has a track record of of handling pitchers that pitch backwards very well. Um, and so I think for all those reasons, I actually, I really like the way Cleveland used Tanner Bybee pitching deep into games. I always remember yep. his debut. I think he got into a huge jam, like in the sixth inning yep. at a hundred pitches and, and Cleveland left him in there. He got out of it. I think got a win in his first appearance. So um, I like, I, I think as long as he stays healthy, like uh, I think the innings yep. uh, will look very good for Tanner Bybee as well. So I like him. I, I would you take steel or Bybee? Oh man, I'd probably still take Steel, but team context. Yeah, I think strikeout upside with Steel's better with Bybee, but it's close. Like the second half strikeout improvements, swinging strike improvements from from Bybee were very good. And if he, like he's so young, like I think there's still some tweaking to be done there. Wouldn't be shocked if he takes the next step. But I think Steel is. We've seen it, and I don't see it changing a ton. The the case against Bybee, I'll just throw this out there: is like every ERA estimator. Oh yeah, doesn't like and 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying Bobby's going to throw another what 298 ERA whatever he had last year like that's not in the cards I don't think, uh but I think the reason the price is like this is because of that because your your FIP Sierra whatever ERA stat you look at has a more of like a four plus ERA guy. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Yeah, because even like the second half where he showed his improvements, the FIP the X FIP still 403, the FIPS 341 which was nice, but yeah, no, there's the, all the ERA indicators were not fans of Tanner Bybee. So yep. we'll have to see how that pans out. Um, but yes, I like Bybee. I'm glad you uh, changed your ways. I'm glad that my, my, crank, made, my, my you, weird writing. You, can, you swayed me. You're, you're my caveman you're, writing. Like it's, some people do it a lot cleaner. I just had to I like, I get my points out the way I do. Cadence <laughs> with the pen, man. You had, you had some rolling graphs in there. You had a PLV oh. thing in there. You had a little, data table it was yeah i've always said pitching stuff, like man. like hitting hitting i can talk about pitching's my weakness and i'm trying to get better on so that, that that article i spent more time on than i've had in a lot just like going through different charts different this and that and just glad it turned out because i was really nervous even hitting like publish 
probably like because it's just not a comfort zone on that thing. So KCBubba.substack.com as I shill for his. Uh... I appreciate it. Um, or I, my, uh, I'll, I'll say this much. I, was, I wasn't going to say anything, but the goal is I wanted over a thousand by the end of the year subscribers. We're already at 500. So you guys kick ass. That's all I'm going to say. Like <laughs> you guys have been awesome uh, coming in there. And even I'm one of them. Yes, he is. He is. I don't know why, but he is. But hey, it's because he got to read an article today. So there you go. Um, it's free, by the way, free. Um, Dylan Cease is your 30th pitcher off the board, ADP of 107, same ADP of Tanner Bybee. I'm just going to keep this short and sweet. You know, if everything goes right, yes, Cease can be great. I don't think everything goes right. It's a control thing. He figured it out for one season. He might even get traded. I don't want nothing to do with Dylan Cease. That's all I'm going to say. Could just be a lazy way out, but I want nothing to do with Dylan Cease. It's a little harsh. It's a little harsh. Um, the price is okay. And how many guys are, I don't want, no one's a shoe in for 200 Ks, but Dylan Cease is projected for 201 strikeouts by ATC. How many 200 strikeout guys can you get? None. Outside the top 100. Nope. Not, not, not any. That's pretty much the only argument I can listen to on Dylan Cease. <laughs> it, it, but that's why I don't uh, draft waiting for Dylan Cease to get my strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, he got kind of screwed last year. He had like a 350 Babbitt, which that'll come down. So the, that that inflated the whip a little bit. HQ has a, in the forecaster, we have an expected whip. Uh, and Cease was at 129. And the expected ERA was better. Still above four. But I'm not totally writing off Dylan Cease if he were to slip, especially some of these guys coming up next. This is like a pocket of starting pitchers that I don't really like. Um, if I need K's and I'm at pick one fifteen and Cease is still there, like hey, I might I might take a shot, man. I may let, may ask, let me ask you this. I'm sorry, but let me ask you this. So Dylan Cease is at 107. Would you rather take Dylan Cease at 107, Mr. I like for strikeout upside, or Lance Lynn at ADP 310? Whoa. Lynn at 191 Ks last year. Yeah, but Lynn had an ERA that's the same number of people we have in our auction listener league. Yeah. ERA was five seven three. Um, no, I'd I'd take Cease. I'd take okay. Cease. That's why I'm throwing it out there. That's uh I think I'd take Lynn. So yeah. Maybe is that we have a bet. A little... Is that a bet? It could be. There's gotta be uh, some waiting. There's gotta be some yeah, waiting to that. There's gotta be some waiting to that, but I do like I mean the Cease projections of four ERA flat, two hundred Ks. Granted, so we, we didn't bring up the team context. Yeah. Like, yes, I don't know how many wins my man's getting, because especially because he doesn't go, he doesn't pitch deep into games because he gets so many strikeouts and walks. So yep. there there are issues, but there is also at, at the price, um, there's there's reasons to consider Dylan C's. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sierra 433 for Lanceland last year. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, all right. Would <laughs> Same you rather as would you rather have Dylan Cease? That's rude. Dylan Cease? Or, I mean, it, was, it was. It was. Uh, it was, was 419. I guess exit was 442. Yeah, Sierra 419. So, yep, you got that one. Uh, John Wilder in the chat says, high whip and no wins. Sign me up. I believe, I believe, could be wrong. I think John might be a White Sox fan. I could be wrong on this and one. John's but I think there's in the little, listener leagues as well. John is in the listener leagues. I, I've, I've known John for a little while here in the discords and other things. Uh, good dude. Good dude. So, yeah, fun stuff there. Uh, would you rather have Cease at 107 or Cole Reagans at 110? Cole Reagans, 
coming off that amazing season that took the world by storm. I should say the amazing second half of the season that took the world by storm. I guess the million-dollar question now is how many innings do we actually see from Cole Reagans this year? They just let him rock and roll. But um, I honestly thought his ADP would be higher this year. So Reagans at 110, how are we feeling on that? Uh, feeling lukewarm. I, t- I I do like Reagans more than Cease. Um, but yes, you brought up a good point about the innings. Like Cole Reagans has not thrown over 140 yet, but... Again, just a small increase to get to 160. Uh, concerned about the walk rate. Concerned about the walk rate. Concerned about what does year two in the rotation look like now that there's the book out on Reagan's. A um, little bit concerned about the team context, how many wins are going to be there with Kansas City. But you certainly cannot dismiss what Cole Reagan's did in the second half with a 30% K rate. And a 16% swing strike. Like he got so many whiffs that it 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 pretty firmly backs the the considerable strikeout ceiling for Cole Reagan. So um I like him. I yeah, I would take him over Cease. Don't know about Bybee and not Steel. So I think I think Reagan's is like properly priced. Uh, I like him a lot more than Walker Bueller coming up next. But like if we did the if the option of waiting until your first pitcher's in like that early range. I'd love to come back with Reagan's as my three. I'll say that much. If I go like boom, 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 like if you go heavy in this area, I think he'd be a fun one to have in that range. Just go all upside. Like just give me all the strikeouts, all the upsides, see where things go in a 12-teamer. So something to think about. Yeah, Walker Bueller, I got nothing really here. 122 ADP. Going to miss the start of the season kind of as expected. I figured they'd slow playing, which I think they still will even when he comes back. They want his yeah. innings in October. They don't care about his season. Like They just want him ready for October. And that does mean no good on my fantasy team. And if I'm wrong, so be it. But I think 122 is insane. Agreed. And it's not just because of the slow playing and not starting the season, the rotation. Walker Bueller was like bad for before he got hurt. Maybe maybe the injury drove that, but it's not. I think the market's thinking that once Walker Bueller steps foot on the mound again, he will be Walker Bueller again. And I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't, that could happen, but I think there's a far better chance we see a, a diminished version of Bueller, even on a per inning basis, given what we saw before the injury. And honestly, like his track record, the skills were good. Skills were very good, but it didn't match up with Bueller's elite production. So um, yeah, he's, he's probably the biggest fade for me on this entire sheet. Yep. Yep. Probably. I'm with you there. Uh, new Cardinal Sonny Gray with an ADP of 123 coming off a monster year for Minnesota, 279 year after a 308 ERA in 2022. But we saw 184 innings last year, the most since 2015. Like the thing that always like kind of keeps me away from Gray is the strikeouts don't seem like a lot just because he doesn't go deep into games, but mm-hmm. he did last year. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like if this is a thing that continues, this is intriguing in St. Louis. You know, all things considered, should let him go. Um, so I'm a little more interested in Sunny Gray than I used to. Not flashy, boring pick, but very safe, it feels like. Um, I don't think he's all that safe, to be honest. Um, and granted, like, so a year ago, and this is why pitching is so freaking hard to predict. I mean, Sonny Gray, innings pitched in 2021, 135, then 120, and then 184 last year. Um but this is a age 34 starting pitcher who has had a pretty bad history 
of back injuries. He, he spent time on the IL, missed 10 days in the COVID season with a strained back, missed 52 days in 2021 with a strained back and a groin, missed 57 days in 2022 with a hamstring and a pec. Um, it's all kind of like soft tissue stuff at this age. I, I don't, I don't know what that innings pitch total looks like. And if I, if I'm worried about volume, I want someone who I think is going to be like really good on a per inning basis. And I know we're starting to get later in the draft. So I understand these guys are going to have some holes. Um, but the lack of, I think, strikeout upside with Sonny Gray combined with what I still think is some, some innings risk. Um, I'm probably off them. All right, let's go Justin Verlander here, ADP of 133, getting older. Strikeouts dropped tremendously, not throwing as many innings. Ratios still aren't bad. So it's kind of a, do you want a guy that's going to go five or six innings uh, with like a three, five-ish ERA potentially? And maybe, you know, seven, like he had like almost a eight K per nine last year. Um, or do you want to just pass? I'm leaning towards the pass side of things. I'm leaning to a pass, especially given we will talk about sale next, yeah. like Hunter oh, Green, Jordan that, Montgomery. There's yeah, the next bracket. There's like upside plays in a big way. I mean, at some point this has to fall apart, right? Like yeah. he's 41. Um, the skills are actually like pretty terrible for Justin Verlander last year. Um, with the walk rate almost doubling from like four to seven and then losing six points on the K rate as you are in your forties, like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not taking Verlander this year. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Let's head to Chris Sale. You mentioned Sale, and this one is very enticing to me. And honestly, I'm kind of thinking the eighty. Well, I like him a little bit, so I guess I think the ADP should be higher. His ADP is 137. We saw 102 innings last year. Uh, the velo was pretty decent. Strikeouts were there. Ratios were kind of in flux, but the ratio indicators obviously suggest that he should have been better. And you look at the projections, only 124 innings. I, I'm sorry, but if he stays healthy, I'm thinking at least 150, 160. And at his strikeout upside, now we're back to like 180K dude coming in and maybe, maybe more. I like the um, kind of playing for the upside play with Chris Hill right here. Um, agree. Agree. I, I mean – so I, I, I get where the projections are coming from with the lower innings. Like this is a guy who has not thrown many innings. He is 35, so I can't sit here and give Chris Sale a pass for age when I just kind of like nuked yeah. Sonny Gray for his age. Yeah. Um, so Chris Sale is 35, and it was a shoulder strain last year. Like there is that. Um, but the 102 innings or whatever that we got from Sale last year were elite. And I do, maybe this is a blind spot, maybe this is wrong, but I trust Atlanta, man. I trust Atlanta, who not only acquired Sale, but signed them to, I think, a two-year. Yeah, I gave him an extension. Yeah. Two-year deal. Oh, yeah, extended uh, for two more years. And so, like, and I mean, and he's with Atlanta. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. 
and robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it, and now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> honey? Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Now, like, you would think there's some run support there. A little um, bit. So I, I do think, and, I, and you're getting to a point in the draft at ADP 137, where just personally, like my style, I'm open to start taking some risks at this point. I think Chris Sale is like the, the perfect pitcher to uh to do that with because unlike walker bueller um i don't think the skills are really in question at all with sale it's purely volume and uh yep yep That's i'm it. with I you like with you on that one now if you want to take a more safe approach if you don't like chris sale well do i have the guy for you the 36 starting pitcher off the board one chris bassett with an adp of 140 through 200 innings last year, 181 the year before. You know, he's not the biggest strikeout guy, but because of the innings, he still gets like he had 186 last year in 200 innings. Yeah. He had 167 and 181. So he's not like a caper inning guy, but decent as he accumulates. Most importantly, and we talked about him on a, another show, I think it was maybe in the recap of the position. His ratio has been pretty locked in solid over the last, you know, handful of seasons. Even when he was at the A's, he had that going for him at all times and just kind of a workhorse out there, that workhorse mentality. Honestly, like, if you don't like Logan Webb, but you like that profile, Chris Bassett's not far off from, like, a Logan Webb if Logan just takes a step back. At least that's my two cents. So uh, Chris Bassett is very intriguing if you want, like, a nice floor play here. Yeah, I never knew. I never know what to do with Bassett. Like, like Logan Webb, like, if things fall apart, he still has the elite ground ball rate to fall back on. True. Bassett, like, just he doesn't do anything well except log innings. But he's not bad at anything either. So he's just like there. He's boring. Yeah, he's boring. He's boring. Seabass is, yep. is boring. Um, there's value in boring. I think especially in deeper leagues and 15-teamers. Yep. Um, I 
I mean, you play 12s more than I do, so you can shoot me down on this, but I, I don't I like passing as much. I prefer a 15. Yeah. Okay. Just because like in a 15, that replacement level is so bad at starting pitcher. It is very valuable to have a, uh, Bassett and we'll talk about Montgomery, maybe Merrill Kelly. If we get there, it's, it's valuable to have these guys who can just log innings all yep. season. Like Bassett. I don't mind Bassett in 12. If I've already taken chances elsewhere, like if I took Cole Reagan's Bassett's a great guy to go with Cole Reagan's just in case Reagan somehow doesn't get the innings or something happens. You got this guy to fall back on and then you can play the waiver wire game. Uh, Bassett's like a good fallback in 12s and just a nice safety net, like a nice floor in 15s. And, for those who play underdog, I love Chris Bassett and underdog. He just racks up points because he throws innings. He gets a lot of quality starts, a lot of quality starts from Chris Bassett. So something to keep in mind in that regard as well. It's also funny how, um, and I know these aren't rankings, but we are going by ADP. It's just funny how Chris Sale and Chris Bassett are right next to each other. Try rankings are so freaking hard because they're just so two vastly different guys that I would either totally not take on one team or take on another depending on what I did earlier. Yep. Yep, the yin, the yang, the uh, polar opposites on this one. The Jekyll and Hyde, as they say. Um, next up on the list here, ADP of 36, or 37th starting pitcher. ADP of 142 is Hunter Green. And it's kind of been one of those things we've talked about a lot in recent years. Like I know you like Lodolo, and we'll talk about him probably on the next episode when we get to him. Green's just, man, we talk splits, home away splits. Like Hunter Green's poster child at times like maybe not the extreme i'm exaggerating to but it felt that way last year it felt that way in a big way and when he came back from his injury especially uh he's 112 innings last year after 125 the year before uh ratios are uh, great american small park uh tainted but strikeouts are insane strikeouts are ridiculous the whip was high though again last year too so like i just kind of pass on green knowing that if he ever figures it out the ceiling could be electric i just don't know if he's going to figure it out pitching half his games in great american small park yep that hurts he's never i mean hunter green's never had an era south of four i say never but he's i guess he's only pitched two, two seasons. full seasons <laughs> <laughs> majors yeah. so not as dramatic as i uh intended that to make also very weird yeah that he's going right next to chris bassett also probably misspoke earlier when i in my dylan cease uh soliloquy you know what that means but taking 200 strikeouts outside the top 100. Cease is like the only guy. Uh, Hunter Green could very well could get to 200 case. Yeah. Um, so it is interesting to compare Cease with Green going 35 picks later. Um, I guess with Cease, you have more volume, for better or for worse, with those ratios. Um, but yeah, more on Green. Like, I don't, you're right. I just don't know if he takes that step in Cincinnati. It's, it's just a tough, tough place to pitch. He'll get some run support, but the oh, walks yeah. are high. Like, I don't know how deep green pitches into games. And I don't know. I mean, I mentioned that stat about throwing over 98 miles an hour and lasting deep into the season earlier in the show. I mean, green has done it twice, pitch hundred innings, but he's never thrown 135. And so I just, I, I don't, I don't know how much of like a second half hundred green or even just across a full season hundred green you can trust. And if that's like your SP three in, in deeper leagues, there there's, there's, that's a lot of risk for me. Yep. Yep. That's why I just kind of been out on Hunter green. Another guy that I'm, I'm looking at is Carlos Rodon. I just haven't grabbed any yet. 80 piece, 145, 38th starting pitcher off the board. Uh, met a lot of injuries last year. It's the, the nicest way I can say it. 
threw 64 innings, ratios through the roof, everything sucked. Strikeouts were down. It was bad all across the board for me, at least watching Carlos Rodon. Um, if he's healthy, could he switch it back? Potentially, like projection sites look like they think he's going to be healthy enough to switch it back. Uh, I have a tough time trusting that, but that could be a fault of mine. Are you willing to take the potential value at 145 on Carlos Rodon? I have no idea. Because, <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, Rodon was a top, I mean, was when he was with your boys, like, top five, top three pitcher. Yeah. And I was out on him every year because I, I was so scared of his, like, you look at his track record of staying healthy. Like, he finally did it in 2022, and look where it got him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like that, I mean, that's the reason to take Rodon. Yeah. No other pitcher has the ceiling of Carlos Rodon that has actually done it twice. Yeah, twice. Um, so that's the reason to take Rodon. Um, I think we have a listener question on him later, so we, do. we can cut him there, but, uh, but there's a top three ceiling with Carlos Rodon and he's done it. That's fair. 39th pitcher off the board, ADP of 146. Jomo looking for a home. Jordan Montgomery, um, I've always been a, a Montgomery fan. Ratios are usually pretty solid. He hasn't had one over an ERA over four since 2020. Uh, he's getting you innings, 178 to 188. Strikeouts aren't a thing for him. That's one thing that you'll people will point to a lot. But um, overall, like even rate whip was not horrible. I, I like Jordan Montgomery. If you're good in strikeouts, he's a later round pick that uh, gives you a lot of stability in my mind. I might just be biased because I really like him, and other people have told me I'm kind of crazy. So where do you stand on Jomo? He's kind of like boring Bassett. Yeah. Isn't he? I mean – I'd rather maybe, have Jomo probably, honestly. Would you? Yeah. I, I Yeah, I was thinking about that when you were when you were talking. I don't know. Bassett does have well, – well, I'd probably go Jomo too. Yep. Jomo just pitched 189 innings. I was going to say Bassett Plus has – the postseason. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I'd probably go Montgomery as well. This is a nice spot to get a couple safe yep. starting pitchers if you need it. For sure. The uh, 40th pitcher off the board, ADP of 151, Bailey Ober, another Minnesota twin pitcher. I realized he's like 6'9", looking there. Some tweet about uh, career wars by height of pitcher today. I did not realize Bailey Ober was that tall. I was like, goodness gracious. I didn't know Adam Wainer was 6'7", for crying out loud. But Bailey over 6'9", and the dude brought it last year. Second straight year at the uh, sub-3.5 ERA. Uh, we saw the strikeouts improve last year. And you'll hit on why, because he has been a recent forecaster of yours. But uh, love what we saw from him, and I think there's more to come from Bailey Ober. So what's your thoughts on the big man? Um, yeah, like doesn't – and that that's how he he's so damn big that he, he only throws 91 miles an hour but gets tons of Ks. It's all extension. It's all extension. So uh, very deceptive. Uh, doesn't have, yeah, velocity doesn't pop, but man, he gets whiffs. He throws strikes. Um, I mean, the only thing like I'd like to see from Bailey Ober is to string this together over a full season. Uh, but I don't think there's any reason he can't. I mean, he threw 170 innings last year and he pitches for a Minnesota team organization that completely knows what they're doing. Uh, I think Bailey Ober is is an excellent buy at this point. Um, you do have the fly balls, so there is some home run risk. But as I mentioned earlier with, I think, I don't know, somebody else, that uh, fly balls Joe, can actually Joe be Ryan. good for you. Joe Ryan. Teammate. Yes, teammate Joe Ryan. Uh, that can actually be a good thing, especially like early in the season when it's 30 oh. degrees in Minnesota. Um, 
So yeah, I like Bailey Ober. I, I fear that the market's really going to like Bailey Ober as he as we get closer to draft day. But I would um, I would gladly take him at one fifty. I would I, I I like him. I think there's enough safety. And the combination of safety and ceiling has Ober ahead of basically the last six, seven, eight guys we've talked about, except for maybe Chris Sale. Yeah, I can't. I, I won't argue that. I think Ober could find another level and he's got more K upside than a lot of those guys we talked about outside of like Hunter Green, probably. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm not going to argue that one at all. Uh, 41st pitcher off the board. We're going for it, folks. Uh, ADP of 154, Merrill Kelly. Another guy that just eats up in. He was 177 last year, 200 the year before, 158, and then 183. We've seen him in 190, 200. Like we've seen those are in Korea. But we've seen him throw innings even since he's come over here. Uh, ratio is three three seven three two nine last year is what I really like this past year. Strikeouts came up, twenty six percent K rate. I like Merrill Kelly. Uh, this is the guy that I know a lot of people look at me boring, whatever. You can lump him in with that Bassett Jomo range. Um, I think Merrill Kelly fits that mold perfectly. And honestly, I might take Kelly out of the three of them. So I'm, yeah, I'm I might with, too. I might too, just because of what we saw last year with the uptick in strikeouts, and it was Bingo. supported by an uptick in whiffs. I think there's actually another, not like a huge level. I mean, the the, the dude is 35, and yeah. like there is there is the boring part of him who just logs innings, which we've, we've kind of beaten that horse so far. But I think there's a, a another level compared to Bassett and, and Montgomery in Merrill Kelly that uh, that that I think is is really nice out in uh, Arizona. So I I, I I I I like Kelly a lot here as well. I know <laughs> kind of broken record at this point, but like. A lot of lot of pitchers that uh, a lot of options here SP two through four depending on your league size that are yeah, that are pretty 12, pretty attractive in a twelve team league if you're aggressive on pitching these are actually really fun SP fours like gives yeah. you an amazing start to your pitching staff and if you waited still gives you some fun as well but the to me the idea of having them as, as SP fours is pretty pretty fun forty uh, second pitcher Mitch Keller ADP of one sixty seven finally did it last year Corbin Young congratulations it finally happened my friend. Uh, ADP, uh, he has a 194, 194 innings last year. Uh, ERA went a little high, but strikeouts through the roof. Uh, are you buying back in this year? He's only going to be 28. Feels like he's been doing this forever. He's still so young in theory. So I, I think it's a fun, a fun ADP for him if you're feeling frisky. Uh, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not feeling frisky. I don't know how I mean, I'm, I'm on, I'm on a sure. podcast with you at 10 o'clock at night. So I'm not it's about as frisky as we get. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think Keller's fine. I, I, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong with this. I feel like the market thinks there's another level with Mitch Keller. And I just, I don't like, I don't think the ceiling is even Merrill Kelly, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Keller, like this, the, the swinging strike rate was 10.2% last year, which is like pretty, pretty well below league average so like i don't think we see another 200 k's from him certainly not 210 that we saw last year team context isn't all that great like i think he's i think he's fine um and i like the 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 194 innings from last year like i think he's pretty stable but um i don't i don't see the ceiling that i think i i think others see with keller yeah that's totally fine there's a lot of risk reward potential with with, uh mitch keller Gavin Williams, ADP 167. This one is fun because if you do his double A, triple A, major league innings, we're back like Tanner Bybee world, 145-ish, give or take. Ratios were solid all across the board. Strikeouts were great in the minors, dipped a bit in the bigs. I'll say this much before I hand it off. 
James Anderson long-term likes him way more than Tanner Pivey. Um, he doesn't know maybe this year because maybe there's still more growth, but long-term Gavin Williams is supposed to be the dude. So keep that in mind. If you guys want to – if you think maybe he jumps it a year early and you don't want to get Tanner Bybee, you can wait 60 picks. That's five rounds in a 12-teamer and go get Gavin Williams. I just didn't see enough from Gavin Williams last year to make me want to buy in at this price. Fully knowing, and that's very interesting that James uh, would say that and certainly – value what he says uh long term about gavin williams um and yeah maybe it happens this year and really the price isn't that bad at 167 um i just think there's work to do in that arsenal needs to be able to throw strikes with with some of his secondary pitch he's got a curveball and changeup that he just can't throw for strikes um so long-term ceiling high i just i am skeptical for 2024 Jose Brios, ADP 171 after a rough 2022. I remember having the same conversation with you last year. It's like, because his ADP was so low after 2022. I'm like, why don't we just kind of take the chance on him and hope he reverts back to who he was? And he pretty much did revert back to who he was. Did I follow my own advice? No, I didn't have much Brios at all. But now you got to pay 171 ADP again for a guy that will eat innings. Ratios hopefully stay in this track of not killing you. Strikeouts are kind of maybe one per nine. So what are your thoughts on Barrios? Because I just, I don't know. I don't have any in this range. I'm starting to take more chances here, especially with like the young guy going right after him. Yeah, I'm starting to take more chances as well. Um, you mentioned the young guy going after him. I'm going to skip to the guy going too. I know we're we're, we're not going to get to Christian Javier tonight, but I'm thinking back to Jose Barrios and what you just said about like how the price was so low last year That's and he right. had a track record. Could Christian Javier be this year's? Yep. Jose Barrios and go back to where he was going. Just, just a great, thought. Just a, great, a thought. Great point. It's a great point. So yeah, Barrios again. It's another one of those like if Merrill Kelly types. If you feel that way, go for it. I'm more confident in Merrill Kelly and Jordan Montgomery and Chris Bassett over Jose Barrios. Uh, last guy we'll discuss here. The 45th pitcher off the board is Hunter Brown, ADP of 172, and I love what we saw from Hunter Brown. First off, he threw 155 innings last year in the bigs. That's outstanding at age 24. So that that just monkeys off his back. He can throw. He wore down at the end of the year. That's why his ratios are through the roof. It's been discussed. He said it. Many said it. Um, they just want to keep getting the innings out of him. I'm cool with that. Dude's got strikeout stuff. He's going to be on a great team. I, I like the upside of Hunter Brown, especially getting a young arm with that talent with already that many innings pitched. I'm a big fan of that kind of profile. Yeah, I don't know if the strikeouts are all there yet. Even like when he was when he was going, uh, the whiff rate was just okay for Hunter Brown. But I, I totally get what you're saying. I love the ground balls. Love the ground balls. Anyone who is above fifty uh, percent in my book can can hang on, hang on my squads. And uh, Hunter Brown was fifty two percent last year. So um, home run luck, like like home runs destroyed Hunter Brown. Like the the luck factors were were not kind. To Hunter Brown last year, ERA north of five, but a lot of your ERA estimators said he was more of like a 350-ish pitcher. And on Houston, that is very impressive. I kind of the last thing I'll add is like, can we assume that Hunter Brown with another year won't fade in the second half again? Like, can we just assume that he gets stronger and he and he and he's fine for a full season. That's the thing. It's like almost like, yeah, he wore down last year. And the the unspoken part of that assumption is, oh, he won't wear down again next year. I, I question that a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. We'll see. 
We'll see because he'll be on my team. So we will a, see. That, it will be is, it will be a fun discussion. That is true. <laughs> I, I like to use the idea that it won't, but hey, we've been pounding the finish strong narrative. He did not. So like, um, I, I yeah. tried to run six miles a day and I lasted one. But next year I'll get to six. Yeah, no, have fun, you know. Um, all right, listener questions. You guys crushed it, as we said at the top of the show. So let's get rolling through these. Uh, Listener League member Steve Brunn says, most likely to jump into the top 10 from today's podcast, who is Riot and targeting in our auction? (laughs) That's hilarious, Steve. Um, I'm targeting Hunter Brown. Walker Bueller in the auction. Good one. one. So so go there. Um, Top 10, I would say Carlos Rodon or... Yuri Perez. Yuri Perez is valid. I'm gonna stick with my Jesus Lizardo. I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna die on that hill. That's my dude this year. So we'll see how well that works. Honorable mention Chris Sale. Yeah, that's fair. If he throws, I think if he even throws like 160 innings, he could be a top like he could get up there. So I'm with you on that. Uh calling my shot. There is a near endless supply of really cool tools available for starting pitcher analysis, including multiple stuff plus models, PLV. HAA over VAA, seam shifted weight, pitch specific runs, uh, Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard, etc. How do you keep yourself from being overwhelmed by the sheer amount of information available and falling in, falling into analysis paralysis? How much of an edge do you lose by re, or how much edge do you lose by relying on simple things like projections, K to walk, and your favorite analyst SP rankings? Well, Colin, before Ryan tells you everything he does because he's smarter than me, I pretty much do that last paragraph: K to walk, rankings, mm-hmm. projections, like. I'm, I keep things real simple. Like, will I glance at the other things? Like, hey, I use PLV in the article we talked about. I'll glance at things, but I don't do that for every pitcher. I don't have that much time in my day, and I just kind of trust what we got going on. So that's what I do. Um, those extra metrics are if I have one. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing. Complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was, like, super hot. And then I, um, dropped it, and now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? (laughs) Honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. 
That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Really deep thoughts on a pitcher, but that's about as far as it goes. Yeah, I feel like if I tried to get to that level with pitchers, I'd, I'd get through like 10 of them all season, yeah. all, all, all draft season. Um, it's it's super fascinating stuff. I mean, there are podcasts yeah. that are over an hour talking about two pitchers, like the, the craft, uh, which is, again, I'll, I'll vouch for like it's super interesting. Yeah, I just I can't. Um, but to be fair, real quick, to be fair, those two guys, one uses POV, one uses stuff. Plus, they're not using everything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I just can't get through it all or sift through like what matters, what doesn't. So like what I would say and to people um, kind of wondering the same thing as Colin is I focus mostly on the projection in K to walk. I think that I think K to walk gets you gets you pretty close and it's just one number. So if you don't have time, <laughs> um, that is important. You've noticed that I've mentioned pitch mix change quite a bit. Both of us have uh, tonight's show and the last show. I do look at that as well. And the reason I do look at it at that is I don't know how well projections pick up on stuff like that. So, for example, I'll use, I don't know, I'll use George Kirby. Uh, maybe it's a bad example because everyone loves George, George Kirby uh, with like throwing a splitter midseason last year and the strikeout rate going up and the whiff rate going up. I don't. I don't think projections are accounting for that, where if I go in and look at a pitcher and see the pitch mix and see that there's a change in that, I will wait that second half or whenever it happened a little bit more than a projection will. So um, that's one spot where I go a little bit deeper as I look at, you know, which pitches are being used. And if there's a change there, I, I like to uh, move those guys up or down, depending on how they did. I guess the other thing I'd say, and I know Colin, I think, does um, take in as much content as you can if you don't have the time to dig into the stats. Because if you listen to the craft or you listen to Nick's top SP whatevers or go listen to Fangraphs with Spore and so, or whatever you listen to, pick one, pick two, pick three, I don't care. Um, at least he can hear how they're using those metrics and you can make your decisions out of that. And it saves you a lot of time because they, if, with their metrics, they know them so much easier, they're always going through them. So, like rates and barrel, Eno will just run through his stats, no problem. So, something to think about but there. I don't know. Last thing I'll add, and we're kind of going on about it, but it's really a good question. I think, like for your, I don't want to say more average, like your more casual player, you're not getting deep into this stuff. I yep. think it's even more important to take a macro look at, and we kind of did this tonight. Where do you like ADP wise? Where do you like certain mm -hmm. players? Where do you not? Like where you like um, I think it's set. important to know that we all love. Senga, Bobby Miller, Jesus Lazardo, Yuri Perez, Joe Ryan. Like we know there are multiple options in that group. And so I think it's even more important than to dive into their VAA or whatever. Um, try and map out a draft plan and see just from building a team where you like or don't like these starting pitchers or what the projections say about them. I think that's even more important than spending so much time on one individual pitcher. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Uh, Martin Sikulski says, ah, yes, now I see Bueller. 
How are we feeling about him? We don't like him. Um, also, Steve should take him in the auction. That's how we yeah, feel. Yes, yes. There you go. And so should Martin at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, also, which young Guardians arm do you like more, Bybee or Williams? Uh, this season, I like Bybee, but I told you the story behind that. So I don't know about what you think, Ryan. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Bybee this year, and I, I, I'll see to authority. Yes, I will. On too. Gavin Williams over Bybee long term. Then Tid, how was well, Wow, Rodon is really rising, and there's been no news about anything either. Agreed. Yeah. And even if there was news, we don't know. There, were, there was news. I, I, I forget, forget who uh, resurfaced this thing on Twitter. But there was a tweet this time last year about how great Carlos Rodon felt and just mm-hmm. time with the Yankees. And so, even if there was news, wouldn't trust it at this point. Let's nope. wait and see in spring. That said, similar to what I just said about Joe Musgrove, if Carlos Rodon is dealing this spring, velocity looks good. That one forty six ADP, adios. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Taylor Bauer says, do you factor projected K to walk percentage into your analysis? <laughs> yes, yes, we do, buddy. Uh, if so, do you weigh it more or less than projected ERA? What about past ERA and K to walk? Sorry, kind of squeezed three questions into one here. Past ERA, I don't look at it all. Um, it's just so noisy. I, I like K to walk because you can get the strikeout rate from it, and that's a category. Um, and I do look at uh, company man here, but I look at HQ's expected ERA and expected whip. That basically strips away all the noise, looks strictly at strikeouts, walks, and ground balls, basically, and, and, and fits that to what their ERA or whip should have been. I think that's a really useful proxy, and it's, it's what I use. And going back to that, like George Kirby example, if I saw with that pitch mix change, if I saw his expected ERA went from 3.5 to 3.2, I'm going to lean more and say he's a 3.2 guy. Yep, that is very fair. Kato Walk is our go-to stat, so build around that. And I, I like the um, ERA estimators from last season to kind of give me a go look ahead to the next season type thing for me at least. problem is there's so many, so many of them. Um, yes. I use uh, the public ones. I use Sierra on Fangraphs. Yeah, skills independent ERA. Yep. It's uh, my favorite one that I like to use. Yep, Sierra there. Obviously, there's XERA and other ones, but Sierra is a, a pretty much a go-to. Uh, Dave Soa says, can you please say some bad stuff about Brian Wu? Seriously, just make up some lies. I liked his draft cost much earlier in draft season. We will next episode, I promise, because like I have – a lot of shares. I'll make sure to join you in this party. So yes, yes, big Brian Lefty, lefties you. crushed them. I'll say that. Yes, they did. Uh, Bryce, uh, uh, Bryce Miller as well. Uh, so that's going to be a, a Mariners thing to worry about. Uh, Joe G, our buddy, says which one in each of the last three groups do you like best? So Bassett, Green, Rodon, Montgomery, Ober. Who do you like? Ober. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go over with you there. Uh, Kelly Keller. Gavin Williams, Barrios, Hunter Brown. Merrill Kelly. Hunter Brown. Christian Javier. I know we didn't talk about him. We'll, we'll answer this. Javier, Bieber, Bryce Miller, Braxton Garrett, your boy, or Brian Wu? <laughs> Javier. It's between the two it's Mariners. A, a tough scene that last five, I think. Yeah, it's a tough. It's like it's a lot of kind of do you believe in upside outside of Shane Bieber? Uh, it's one of the Mariners guys for me. I guess I'll go with. Bryce Miller, but man, I like Brian Wu a lot too. That's a tough one. The last one's tough for me. All right. Uh, Kevin Alvis says, what are the chances that Rodon's issues last year were more recovery and mechanical related rather than loss of skills? Velocity didn't fall. 
Uh, it's called health. Yeah, I don't think we could look at the 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 size of the sample what we saw with Rodon. I don't think he just forgot how to pitch. So, um, I don't. I mean, I'm not a pitching expert, but yeah, health. Big John Stud John Legesa asks, curious to your take approach to pitching projections in general. Uh, so another hour on the podcast here. Uh, no, I I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit quickly on the last show, but like. I don't lean as much into the like public projections. I, I, I do all of my pitchers manually just because I think they can change so much so quickly that like a lot of projections that look at like the last three years, like a lot of these guys three years ago, who was Justin Steele three years ago? Like, yeah. um, so I, I, I think pitching is much more an art than a science and not saying I'm good at it. Not saying there's, I mean, to that last question of like a million different metrics out there, how do you properly do that? I don't know. Um, but that's kind of my, my general take is I don't lean as much on projections for pitchers as I, as I do for hitters. Yeah. If anything, look at the K's cause you can kind of project K's a little bit and then you kind of decide what you think getting should be based on what, you know, you've seen or whatever. I don't use them a lot. Basically I'm more of a hitters projection guy, pitchers. So be it. Uh, N.E. Nature Boy says, why only a six-inning increase for Yuri Perez from last year's total of 128? Assuming he stays healthy, no reason to think he doesn't exceed 150. Agreed. Kind of goes back to our projection thoughts when it comes to um, playing time and whatnot. At least that's I agree with what he's saying. I don't know about you. Nature Boy question right after a Brian Wu question. I like that. Look at um, you. Look at you. Full circle. Yeah, I take the firm over on Yuri's 134 innings because yes there was the hip late in the season but a lot of the uh lower workload was management induced yep yep i'm with you there uh john wilder who was in the chat earlier has a question uh who is the pitcher with the biggest gap in innings between the projection and what you think will actually happen also completely random side note bubba how much would you bid on said player if you were in an auction asking for a friend um Honestly, I didn't even look at projected innings on a lot of guys. I guess I have them in front of me, so I can give you a quick ring. But, and I'm actually uh, looking at the wrong column. I was, I was going to say, how, why does Brian Wu, why is he projected for 184 innings? Jesus. It's ADP. Um, Yuri Perez is probably one for sure. That 134 is really low. Um, yeah. Chris Sale, maybe? I'd go. So it's funny. Like By the end of the year, half these guys will get nowhere close to these innings. Yep. Who are they? Yeah. I don't know. I'll say um, I'll, I'll take the firm over on Yuri Perez, and I'll yep. take the under on Joe Musgrove's 157. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what about I'm Bueller, good. 125? I take I the get, under on Sunny Gray, 164. I was about to say Sunny Gray's 164. I was looking at that. Uh, seems, that one that seems a bit high. Maybe Verlander, too, 158. That seems aggressive. I don't know. I know we're picking old. Shane Bieber, 169. Yeah, that's the guy that entered history that. like that. I think Bryce Miller goes over 139. Brian Wu goes over 130. Both those Mariners ones are too low. It's a young pitcher thing. Perez, Miller, Wu, they just yep. don't have that background. Yep. So something yep. to look at on those ones for sure. Um, do, do, do. Did I do that? Okay. Um, Doinktown Danny says, This year I've read some, anal- some analysts are devaluing ERA and WHIP due to the volatile environment and selling out for strikeouts is either Babito or Bloomy buying <laughs> that approach. Babito. Babito, if you guys know Spanish, the Ito means like small Bubba. So that's really sweet of you. Thank you. Damn, I like that. 
Uh, what was the question? <laughs> uh, are you devaluing ERA and oh, a ratio for the, the volatile environment selling out for K's? Yeah. No, 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 not a chance. I'm not just because ERA and WHIP and they are hard as hell to project and very noisy. I don't think that means you just throw your hands at it and hope you get like a good year of variance. I, you need to consider definitely need to consider walk rate and uh and ground ball fly ball in my opinion and the era and whip so no i i'm not selling out for case good answer bloomy um Thanks, h h town dim 27 says missing king or will he be on the next group he's on the next group he'll be on next episode so yeah he's a little farther back just actually on uh friday same day this comes out the san diego padres preview comes out we talk about michael king and sammy reed lets you know his thoughts on that one hmm. Um, Thomas Travato says, why should I be positive about ratios for Hunter Green? You probably shouldn't be. Why should you be? But why should you be positive? Yeah. Um, I'll make the case that before and after his injury last year, Hunter Green's ratios looked better. Um, not saying they're going to be good this year, though. Yeah, it's just it's hard for me to buy into it. Like he's got the skill set to be a Cy Young pitcher if he ever got the ratio intact. So maybe he does it one year, and I just won't have him on my roster. He, maybe he pulls a Robbie Ray out of his hat. I don't know, but that could possible. very well happen. Yeah, I mean Robbie Ray the year before Robbie Ray broke out, he had the worst. It was the COVID season, but he had the worst yeah. rate in all of baseball. So, so yeah, anything's possible. He's got the skills to be great. Just gotta gotta hone it in. Uh, Gerald Points has a three-parter for us here. First off, 15-team keeper snake. We start with six starting pitchers. How many of the top 60 SPs are you trying to get? If you have six starting pitchers, you have to start a 15-team keeper. Uh, I'd probably say three. I could I could say two to three. Yeah, I'd say We're three. We're only doing six. Me. The replacement level is a little bit higher than well, actually, 60. what we're used to. Out of the top 60 SP, yeah, I'd say three for me, at least three. In a 15-teamer? Yeah, it's not 60 picks. It's 60 uh, starting pitchers. How many, of the, how many of the top 60 starting pitchers? Like, basically, where's the drop-off that makes you want to get aggressive? Like, we've gone through 45. Would you want at least three or four of these? Go three. Yeah, I'm going to go three. Um, I ooh, ooh, this is a good one. Lodolo or Christopher Sanchez? Whoa, wait got? a minute. Who you got? And Gerald Jesus. might be in your league, by the way. I just could throw that out there. I've got two sons, um, right. and this is like picking between them. Yeah, this, this is a. I think I, I think I think I know where I would lean, but I'm curious to hear your answer. Um, God, that's tough. I'll go well, Sanchez. That was not where I thought you were going. I'll go Sanchez, knowing that the ceiling is lower than Ladolo's. Ladolo could be a monster god yeah. i i don't want to pick i don't know I, i'd go Ladolo, um but yeah fair either way is fair then thoughts on savali after being so high on him last year forgive asking about players not on boards trying to respond to trade offers uh, that's, that's fine that's fine <laughs> hey, that's, we're here to answer questions that's so. a question we will yeah. answer it um i like savali a lot especially at his adp we didn't get to it like you said it's not on the board i guess it depends on what you're trading him for if it's for a trade offer but like he's not going to have a high ceiling but i think he brings a pretty good floor in tampa yeah, I mean, it all depends. The interesting thing, Savali, and I love Savali more than anybody going into last year. Uh, the last five years has not thrown more than 132 innings. Yeah. And so, like, 
you you tack that on with a low strikeout rate. It's like not a huge per inning guy. This is like if Savali could get to like a Bassett, Montgomery, Merrill Kelly level in terms of volume, I'd I'd really like him. But I'm kind of kind of tame on him given the lack of workload and the lack of K's. That, that's fair. Pains I me get. to say this. Well, me one year ago would probably be yeah not it's, happy it's, with myself it's the floor you get there's really no ceiling for me when i look at savali that's the kind of bummer to him yeah but we'll see it depends on what your trade offer return is for that'll do it that'll do it bloom final thoughts we got through 45 we went 21 through 45 that means we got the final 55 to go for y'all next tuesday night um final thoughts as we're navigating through the starting pitching minefield yeah we'll do a little bit more um kind of picking and choosing in pockets next Tuesday, and then we'll do relievers next Thursday. Um, I think there's two spots to attack in this portion of the starting pitcher pool. It's your like ADP 75 to 90, where you, or 70 to 90, where you get Senga, Bobby Miller, Lizardo, Perez, Bradish. And then I think you can attack a little bit later, starting with like Chris Sale, 140, um, depending on how and 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 pick your choice of there's just different options of safe and ceiling between like Hunter Green, Bailey Ober, Rodon, but then the safety of Bassett, Montgomery, Merrill Kelly. So I just think there's a lot of nice kind of options around the 140, 150 range, and then a lot of potential aces, man, between like 70 and 90. Yep, it'll be interesting to see looking back on this in like November to see where that 70 to 90 pocket finishes. I know I'm very like, like I kind of want to build a rotation around those guys. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of an auction. You can, you can try. Shouldn't have said that. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably one of the biggest reasons we want to start doing auctions just to kind of try that kind of stuff and see where it goes. It's sick to have Lizardo, Yuri and Joe, right? Like you could, yeah, you could not do that in a straight draft. No, but you could do that in a, and, and probably do it for like, I haven't looked at prices. I'm guessing 65 to 70 bucks. You could lock in all three. I have That's no a, idea. Yeah, I haven't looked. An but Interesting way to go. Strider's going for like 45. So I'm imagining these guys are going for 25-ish, maybe plus or minus some. Just top of my head math. And that could be totally wrong. But um, that'll do it, folks. Another episode in the books. Lots of fun talking, starting pitching. Make sure you all check out Ryan on the Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm at BD Entrick, and this was Bubba and the Bloom, episode 106, your starting pitching preview, part two. Catch you all next time. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.